Welcome to the Pregnancy Loss Podcast, the place I created for moms like us. Pregnancy loss is all-encompassing and creates an overarching theme that runs through our lives forever. We have to learn to live with and beside the grief of losing our baby. We have to learn how to live again, how to parent again, how to engage and interact and be social again, how to communicate effectively to connect with our spouses and significant others. We have to find who we are now. I'm here to empower and inspire you to live a life even with our unique circumstances. We cannot change what happened, but we can grow and use that strength and resilience to create a life that we love. I'm here to share everything I know about grief, motherhood, loss, marriage, friendship, and parenting. I'm here to encourage you to find the beautiful side of grief, the side where we don't have to isolate ourselves or suppress the need to share stories, the side where you have moms just like you to support and encourage you. The side where we become the best versions of ourselves, not in spite of our loss, but thanks to it. Pregnancy loss is devastating, but it can also be an opportunity to reflect on who we were and who we want to become. So join me every Tuesday for a new episode on the Pregnancy Loss Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey friend, I'm so glad you're here today. We are going to talk about 10 evidence-based ways to help a child with grief. Um, Sometimes when it comes to children, we like to know that something we're doing is, you know, evidence-based, it's science-backed, it's fact-backed. So I wanted to give you a few ways um, to help you feel good about helping a child work through the loss of their sibling. Um, So let's get started. Let's jump in. Uh, the first number one is open communication encouraging the child to express their feelings and thoughts about the loss make sure that you're listen actively listening you're validating their emotions and you create a safe space for open discussions if they feel even the just slightest bit of hesitation from you or like you don't want to hear it or anything else they may shut down now this may take time or may not sometimes kids just don't know what they're feeling or what emotions they're experiencing and they don't know how to put the word they don't know the name of the emotion that they're experiencing so if they're not quite ready just let them know that you're there and just be their safe space um i can tell you that this is something i had to do a lot with my oldest she she definitely needs space to process like i do And sometimes for me, that can be really hard because I just want to fix everything. And in this instance, you cannot fix it for them. And unfortunately, letting them feel it and process it and go through it and understand it in their own way will help them heal. Number two, provide honest information. Make sure that you're using age-appropriate language uh, to explain the situation and answer questions truthfully as truthfully as you can, as truthfully, as comfortably as you can. Avoid being vague. Um, Now this will differ for each family, but like for us, um, Violet was three and Callie was five. And Violet at the time being three, didn't really understand much other than I wasn't pregnant anymore. I didn't have a big belly. We didn't have a baby like I told her we were going to and everyone around her was sad. Um, I think that provided me just a little bit of relief knowing that although she was a bit confused about what was going on, 
she was able to cope a bit better as a little girl. And at least I think, I mean, we'll see as she gets older and see if there is any type of unresolved trauma from Evelyn dying. Um, We'll see. But I think that was just a very, just a very nice, simple thing. Her not, not having to maybe feel it as much because she didn't understand it as well as my oldest. Um, So now Callie, she was the one who's looking forward to her baby sister being here. Um, We had talked a lot about what we would do when she was here and how we would spend our days until daddy got home. Um, And when I, I don't remember, I, I feel like my brain still protects me from that memory because I'm not ready to feel it or process it yet. But she did not understand how babies could die. I mean, like most people, like that's not supposed to happen. I was very straightforward with her. We used terms that she was using herself. So they were her appropriate. I call it. We talked about the placenta and that it fell off too soon. So the baby Evelyn wasn't able to get the things that she needed to live like oxygen and blood flow. We talked about where her body was, how it fit into the urn. We, um, we talked about how her body was ash, but we did not go into like cremation and what that actually means until a year or so later. Um, I let her open the urn and see what was in there. So her mind didn't make things up and it took the mystery away and it was just simple. Like, Oh, ash, um, allowed her to see, you know, how our bodies end up after we die and which is natural. Now for us, that was the right way. It may not be the right way for you, but just make sure you're being honest. Number three, maintain routines. This was a huge one for us. My kids have always been on a routine, not like a rigid schedule, you know, strict two o'clock. Exactly. We do this three o'clock. Exactly. We do this. No. Um, But consistency provides a sense of stability and predictability, especially during this time of upheaval. Um, A month after Evelyn died, John headed back to a ship on deployment and the girls and I went back to our daily summer routine. Now, dad being gone, that was normal. Um, Their babysitter coming to watch them so I could go out for a few hours or going on our daily walks twice a day. We kept it simple, but routine. The girls always knew what was next. And unless, of course, we did like a random shopping day, but then they didn't care and they were happy. But it gave us all a bit of comfort back, knowing what was coming and how our days would shape up. Just like at the end of our days, we always did dinner. Excuse me. Movies, baths, cuddle, and bed. There was relief in our simple steps. Number four, offer physical comfort. Now I'm all about kids love languages. And so, um, sometimes my kids do not want to be touched. Violet is a not physical kid. So I'll just sit by her and be that space. But so physical touch, hugs, cuddles, it can provide comfort and reassurance to your grieving child. 
um, be attentive to their physical needs. Uh, I don't know about you, but because I had children before my loss, I feel like they saved me in a way. Not that there was that was their responsibility, but they were my reason for getting out of bed. They were the reason I kept on moving. So we spent our days cuddling, which was normal for us anyways. They slept with me at night. So we hugs and we would have hugs and questions and conversations and we would hold hands and play with the stuffed animals and just things like that. Just again, being providing a safe space and giving them lots of love. Number five is encourage creative expression. So I'm all about therapy, as you know, if you know me and kids, allowing um, your child to express feelings through art, writing, or any other creative activities is a wonderful way for them to express their grief. It can be super therapeutic for their emotions. And of course, I will always suggest getting them in therapy, if only to express their feelings with a professional who knows how to curate that experience for them and can help them learn how they process things. But say you can't afford that or you don't have insurance or whatever the case may be, just do crafts. I I know everybody has at least one stick of glue, one bottle of glue around, and you can literally just cut up a bunch of paper and, you know, anything, food, mac- macaroni, noodles, things like that. But just give them a bunch of things they can cut up, they can glue together, color, draw, paint, play in the mud, even outside. Kids process through play. Hence art therapy and play therapy. And it can be super therapeutic for you as well. So make sure you're doing it with them. Um, I always order the craft kits from Target or Amazon and they would last a couple weeks. I mean, we do, we did crafts every single day, no joke. Um, and of course, naturally conversations come up and we would talk in an easy, calm and peaceful environment and just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, this, that, I'm thinking about Evelyn and I want to, what about this? And it was just very easy. Keep things easy. Number six is provide reassurance. Um, just like us as moms feel guilt or fear after loss, children experience that too. Always reassure them that the loss wasn't their fault and make sure they know that they're loved and supported. Kids need so much reassurance, especially now that they know babies can die. This also leads from what I found leads to conversations about death in general. And then they start thinking that, Oh, that means mommy and daddy can die. That means grandma and grandpa can die. And it's a super scary thing for kids. Like, why wouldn't it be? Um, Sometimes it can be a little frustrating because they tend to get stuck on this and talk about it a lot. At least my kids did. And they would bring it up every day. And just remember, they just want to know it'll be okay. So they may talk about it, but really they, they need the reassurance that everything's going to be okay. Mommy and daddy are fine. Um, my oldest developed a lot of worry and anxiety about life in general because she knew these things were now a possibility. And, oh my gosh, you guys, do you hear my voice? I'm losing my voice. That sucks. Um, but because she knew that death is a possibility for everybody, 
um, that was a big thing that we've been working through, especially now in therapy. Oh, guys, I've lost count. Okay, we're on number seven. Sorry, guys. Um, involve them in rituals. Okay, so like include the chill, include your kid in memorial rituals or activities that honor the memory of your baby. This can help them feel connected and it can provide a sense of closure. We have a few rituals or traditions, if you will, around honoring and celebrating Evelyn. We always celebrate her birthday. We do decorations, we have a cake, presents sometimes, and we all go around and blow out candles and say wishes for her. Um, things like dragonflies, watermelons, and the color purple represent our sweet girl. So whenever we see dragonflies, the kids are thrilled that their sister is with us wherever we are. And it's even better when a dragonfly follows us around and watches us from afar. It's always a gift for my girls and they're always looking out for her. Um, whenever they have the chance or someone asks how many kids I have, the older two always chime in. And Evelyn, mom, don't forget Evelyn, our baby. Remember, she died. I can't tell you how proud I am that they have no shame in talking about their sister because I've made it okay for them. They didn't know any better before. They, they didn't know that they shouldn't talk about grief or loss. And it's such a joy. They just want to share with the world, and it makes me so proud. Number eight, seek professional support. If the child's grief is overwhelming or persistent, consider involving a mental health professional trained in grief counseling to provide specialized help. Like I've said this so many times, I'll always tell you to get therapy or your kid therapy. It's amazing what a non-biased, non-judgmental support person can do for your mental health. It's truly like night and day. And of course it takes time to find the right person to support you. Sometimes, you know, you, you get with somebody who just sucks at it and they're not very good at it and you don't click. Um, but I promise the commitment is worth it. And especially for your child, they will thank you. Next is number nine, and that is encouraging social support. So make sure to continue fostering connections with friends, families, support groups, anywhere the child can share their feelings. Excuse me. And hear from others who have experienced loss. This is somewhat the hard part. And this is what I'm working so hard to change. The narrative of stillbirth or miscarriage being taboo and uncomfortable to talk about. Luckily, like I said, um, my girls don't care what anybody thinks when they talk about their little sister. They, they loved her and they think everyone should know her and feel that love and know that she was here and alive at one point, even if she didn't, she wasn't alive on the outside. And so encouraging that support where they meet other people who've gone through the same thing and they can talk to them and they can just have those connections with other people. It's super special. And number 10 is monitor their well-being. Just keep an eye on changes in behavior, mood, or sleep patterns. And if you see anything emerge, just get help. Sometimes changes happen too, though, so slowly and subtly you may not see signs right away. Um, my oldest had trouble as she got older with the loss and didn't know how to express all of her feelings and emotions because she didn't know what they were and she didn't know where they were coming from. 
So I got her into therapy. And after that, but after therapy and working myself and how I reacted to her and her emotions, things have gotten so much better. We've both really learned how to work with each other and how to support each other. Um, so yeah, those are 10 ways that you can support your child through sibling loss. Um, just a little note, just when I, when people use the term evidence-based, it just means that there's a lot of information out there that supports a certain thing. Okay. And normally there's, um, tons of articles written about it. There's science backing it. There's facts, things like that. So these are just some ways to support your children through grief. Um, now one thing that helps somebody may not help somebody else. So it's all trial and error. See what works best for you and your family. Don't get discouraged. But when you do, if you're in doubt, get help. And I just want to remind you that there's so much strength in asking for help. Remember that. And using these strategies will also help the challenging healing journey in a really healthy, supported way. I hope you guys had a wonderful time listening to this. I know stillbirth and miscarriage is heavy. I really try to present it in a way that is more positive and upbeat. Um, I know not, you know, not, I'm not for everybody and everybody's not for me and that's okay. Um, but I just wanted to share that and I will see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us today on the Pregnancy Loss Podcast, where we share stories, insights, and support for those navigating the profound journey of pregnancy loss. Before we wrap up, though, we have some exciting news to share. We're thrilled to announce the upcoming launch of our comprehensive course, the Pregnancy Loss Education Course. If you've ever felt the call to make a meaningful difference in the lives of families going through pregnancy loss, this course is for you. It's designed to equip you with the knowledge, skills, and compassion to provide unwavering support during the challenging times that they go through. It's not just about being a support companion. It's about being a guiding light for those in need. And here's the exciting part. Our course will officially launch on October 1st, but that's not all. To celebrate our course's launch and to gather valuable feedback and testimonials, we're offering a special opportunity. For the first 30 people who enroll, you'll have access to our exclusive founding student price. This is a unique chance to join our compassionate community and make a real difference, all while taking advantage of a special offer. We truly value your input and want to hear about your experiences with our course. Your testimonials and feedback will help us continue to improve and grow, ensuring we provide the best support for families experiencing pregnancy loss. So make sure to mark your calendars for October 1st and be one of the first 30 founding students to embark on this transformative journey with us. To stay updated on the launch and get all the details, be, ver- be sure to visit the website at www.malinweb.com and make sure to subscribe to the newsletter. You can also follow us on social media for the latest updates. Thank you so much for being part of our compassionate community. We look forward to seeing you October 1st as we embark on this meaningful journey together. Make sure you share this with any of your doula friends if they have been wanting to serve the bereaved Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Pregnancy Loss Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. 
I created a guide on 20 ways to celebrate your angel baby. It gives you 20 amazing ways to celebrate their birthdays or ways to just remember them on any given day. If you want to download it, head over to valenweb.com resources and click the link. I hope you guys have a great week. See you next time. Thank you.